Welcome to the Career Medics Podcast. This is your host, Nassar Ahmad. Uh, this is episode 71 of the Career Medics Podcast. And this particular episode is a part of, once again, a day in the life of series. If you have been listening or following us in each of these episodes in this series, I conduct interviews with uh, individuals from a particular profession, career, or a job type. The goal of these episodes is for you to understand what they do, what are some of the things you can learn from. Uh, and so on. And for today's episode, I'm speaking with an IT solutions architect. Uh, his name is Larry Joya. Larry will be sharing his experience, how he got started in this particular profession, where he stands today, some of the benefits, some of the challenges, and of course, some tips on how, if you some tips on how you can get started if this excites you. Hey, Larry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Masar, thank you so much for the opportunity. Very glad to be here. Number seventy-one. Congratulations to you on uh, all these amazing episodes. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, it's a, it's been an interesting journey. Can't believe it's almost a little over a year. But when you start, you're always thinking about what you can accomplish. Now the only thing I really care about is wonderful conversations like this I'm going to have. It's amazing how myself I learn a lot than the audience. So that's that, that's been one of the best uh, parts of be, have being a podcast host. That's what it's all about, right? So you uh, you ask the tough questions and you know share that with everybody and around the world. And so thank you for, for what you do. So we have to interview you next for how to get uh, how to become a great podcast host and a good questioner. So this is fantastic. Glad to be here. Yeah, sure. Thanks for the uh, kind words there. Uh, one of the first questions, Larry, I always ask because I love this question um, is where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling in from southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh specifically. It's a beautiful fall day here today. And yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I have uh, interviewed a couple of individuals, I think, from Pittsburgh. And I myself know Pittsburgh as the steel city. I, I, not anymore, I know. That's where the industrial revolutions expanded, currently steel and all those great companies in the last 100 years. So that's my understanding. Could you share with us some interesting factors, something, something different, something about Pittsburgh that most people do not know unless they have been there? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, there's, there's lots of things. We could have an entire conversation about Pittsburgh. You know, I, I think probably some of the first things you'll people associate with Pittsburgh is the Pittsburgh Steelers sports team. You know, we've got these uh, sandwiches called Primanti Brothers sandwiches that you can only get the original or here in Pittsburgh. You know, I, I think something that uh, folks may be familiar with or have heard about or read about as relates to kind of what's happening in the city that's very, very interesting, and especially to me, Nassar, as a technologist, is this is really becoming the Silicon Valley of the East. Uh, hmm. you know, we have an entire part of town that's dedicated not just to the innovation hub, we call it the Silicon Strip. Uh, and you've got autonomous cars, you've got um, AI organization, organizations, you've got startups, um, kind of all happening in this microcosm of Pittsburgh. So for those who think of Pittsburgh as a steel city, uh, as you alluded to, it's definitely not that. It's definitely rebuilt, uh, rebuilt itself. We rebuilt uh, the image of Pittsburgh to be a, a technology epicenter. Amazing things are happening here. And I, I invite anybody who's listening to come and join us in Pittsburgh sometime to take a ride in an autonomous car or, or see what's happening here. It's a beautiful place. That's exciting. And I just like how you describe the transition because one of the goals with my podcast on the site is to help individuals to 
not only get started in a career, but also if they wanted to reinvent themselves into something new. I think Pittsburgh has done that very well. And I think that's an amazing parallel to what many people are going through. And I'd love to learn more, Larry. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your story, how you got started in this particular career, before we get into the how-tos and what the career is about. Yeah, sure. We can absolutely do that. And uh, you know, I'm happy to share my story. And you know, let me just maybe start, Nassar, if I, if I could. You know, recognizing I'm probably going to make some references to, to my company. I work for PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC. Uh, and, but everything I obviously share with you and your listeners today is obviously my view and not my organization. So I want to put that out there. Um, recognizing that you know what we're talking about here is very much uh, public knowledge, but I want to put that out there that you know, PwC, I, I'm not representing PwC in this context. Yeah, so that being said, I'm happy just to kind of start with my kind of how I got into consulting and technology architecture and, and solution design. If you want to start there? Yeah, sure. I, I actually, before, uh, if you don't mind, uh, could you, maybe you could tell us what exactly does a solutions architect or a technology consultant, then maybe yeah. we can weave into your story of how you arrived here. Yeah, that's, that's great because uh, it definitely means different things to different people, especially if you think about, you know, solution architecture, and then you can put that much more broadly in the context of consulting. So, you know, if we think about consulting just as a, as a career in general, I'm a career consultant. Uh, you know, there's lots of associations with consulting when it comes to are you a, a management consultant, a technology consultant. You know, Nassar, at its core, we're all essentially consultants in some way, shape, or form. As you know, we go throughout our days and we give advice and we share perspectives, right? Whether that's with friends or you know others running businesses, and that's what I do for a living as a consultant. It's a it's the business of advisory. It's I like to think of it, Nassar, as being a thinking partner uh, for my clients, and and we'll talk about kind of the industries that I work in. But so I, I serve as an advisor to my my clients, uh, specifically in the healthcare space, uh, as a as a technology consultant. Uh, and then kind of if we double click into that technology consulting, you know, I, I kind of grew up uh, in, in the consulting world as a, as a solutions architect to becoming more of an enterprise architect. And what that's all about is really thinking about and helping my clients design information systems, design new products. Uh, and I guess the analog that I can give for a technology you know, consultant, a solutions architect is just as a, an architect who designs blueprints for buildings. I design and build blueprints for systems and new technologies for an organization. That's kind of the best way that I can describe it. From there, it's not just about designing it, it's actually building it and seeing it come to life as well. So I, I have had that experience across my career from design through implementation. That's what I do every day. And we'll talk about more about that. Awesome. That, that sounds so, uh, as the word describes, an architect, you're the, like, let's say there's a project or a, you, you are the one or people in your shoes are the ones that, set the tone. You're, you're creating the blueprint plan of what's to come with that project. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a, as you think about this career, and we can kind of talk about the paths within this career, you know, there's, there's domain architects. There are architects who are very specific, let's say to an industry, for example, you know, there's architects in healthcare or insurance or financial services by way of example. You know, there's also architects we start thinking about in the technology space. You might be a data architect, you might be an information architect, and all that you do is focus on the technologies and solutions to, to store big data, for example, or to, you might be an enterprise architect, someone like myself, which thinks more broadly across application architecture, designing applications and solutions, 
designing infrastructure, the whole gamut is kind of where I play as an enterprise architect. So I do a little bit of everything uh, within mm-hmm. there. It's been a lot of fun. Learn a lot in the process over the years. So Larry, how did you, I'm just curious, is this something when you, as soon as you finished school or you graduated, is this where you envisioned or this is something that grew in sort of a non-linear manner or organically or yeah, you know, it's a good question. So yeah, I wouldn't say it was nonlinear in as much as, so I, I, have, I have an undergraduate degree from Gannon University in Information Systems, MIS, Management Information Systems, which many of your listeners may be familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so that degree essentially is this combination of like computer science and business and economics. It's the, it's the business of IT. And so what you can do with that degree kind of as it relates to the things that I'm doing now Many, many things. It's pretty broad, right? Uh, it allows you to kind of explore a bit. And that's exactly what I did. I actually went from my undergraduates, did a couple of startups and did some entrepreneurial endeavors, but then went right to my master's degree where I got a master's in information system. All that to say, Nassar, is that, you know, my path into consulting as an architect as I am today, I really didn't know what that title was. I didn't know what the career path really was as I was thinking about and kind of landing in where I am now. But it's a great fit for someone coming out of you know, a very technical engineering degree, like computer science or engineering, or, you know, folks like myself coming from more of kind of the, the business IT angle. Uh, that's kind of how I landed. And that's where I, I joined a consulting firm right out of my master's degree, grew up as an analyst all the way through to, you know, a manager. And now I'm a, a director in our, in our healthcare practice and, and helping lead teams around the country as it relates to solution architecture. It's been a lot of fun. Hmm. So you, you alluded some of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. I'd love to expand on that. So what does a day-to-day look like for someone in your shoes? Yeah, so there's a couple angles we can take here. So I'll, I'll at least start from the perspective of a consultant, which is there's no two days that are the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess one of, the, one of the reasons that I got into consulting is because of the, there, is no two, there are two days that are the same. It's very challenging and the variety of work changes quite often, as you can appreciate, given that your projects change quite often. So, you know, I will kind of cut to the core of kind of what a technology consultant, what an, an architect does every day. You know, our, our days are, are really focused on, obviously, depending on the nature of the project, let's say, for example, um, in, in the case of one of my clients, you know, they want to build a, they have a vision for a new mobile application, for example. You know, my role as an enterprise architect is working with my clients to, as you kind of said, set the tone. Um, helping them think about what, before we get into building this thing, the bits and bytes, it's about kind of thinking about as you would with the house. So how many rooms is the house going to have? How many stories is it going to have? For a mobile app, for example, it's okay. Well, how many screens is it going to have? What's the user experience need to be? How many clicks do we need to be thinking about? What's the functionality of the app we're building? So for example, uh, and then once we have an idea of the otherwise requirements of this mobile app by way of example, it then gets into prioritizing. What's the reality of actually making this come to life? How much is it going to cost? What's it going to take from an effort perspective? So I do these kinds of things on the daily. Uh, obviously, you can appreciate relative to software development. There's obviously a cycle. There's a process that it goes through from thinking about vision through requirements. If we're using agile to build these things, we do it in a much iterative fashion. And then, and then building it, making it come to life. So at any given point in a life cycle, my days are, can go everything from strategy through design through actually putting on paper what, you know, the solution needs to look like technically, as well as, you know, in my role as a technology you know, architect, is making sure that it's not just speaking to the technologists for what to build, but more importantly, what the business impact, the business value needs to be. I think that's often overlooked. 
because you know a lot of people think this career is just about you know designing things and, and building. It's really really important to wear both hats, and that's what the you know the best technology architects, solution architects are able to speak both languages, business and technology. Actually, that's that's uh, something I want a little bit expand on. You said. Uh, you would need to learn how to communicate well, but also know the technology compared to someone like who's just coding or who's building an app. Can, can you tell me the importance of communications? Uh, like how important is effective communication for something like this? Oh, it's, uh, it is an absolute lifeblood of our work, right? I think there is a misconception. I would even go so far as to say, even if you are, you know, coding and developing, you know, which I'm not doing, I have, I have teams that, that work with me to do that kind of work. You know, it's important with that, Nassar, is I mean, communication is the lifeblood of just how we all as humans interact and connect, right? And so you can appreciate, even if I'm all the way on the back end being the, writing the code to make the application, the solution come to life, I have to communicate. I have to be able to communicate bugs. I have to be able to communicate what's happening in the software and why it is or is not working a certain way. Uh, that communication transcends all the way up to, you know, you can imagine the day-to-day project management within my world. It's all about making sure your clients and the, your business partners who are using this app and your users, they understand why it's working the way that it is. And more importantly, as a communicator, and, and you know this, and you're very good at this, communication is not just a one-way street where we're, we're telling uh, and we're sharing information. We have to listen. And so, so much of my job is to translate what's being asked for by the user what's being asked for by our business partners and then translate that. So I have, we have two ears and one mouth. So we have to listen twice as much as we speak. Right. And so we have to be able to listen and translate in a very communicative and clear fashion to make sure that what we're building, what we're designing meets the needs of the users and actually shows business value. Right. And so all that to say communication is absolutely imperative across all aspects of technology, especially when it comes to building solutions that will, uh, will be used by, Hopefully, people around the world. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. So, what what I got out of it is communication. No matter what job you do, it is important uh, to hone that skill because it is vital and critical. A few moments ago, you didn't mention a few things about what you do. I'd love to ask you this question: Of all the things that you do day in day out, what are the top two or three things that you really enjoy about this role? Only three. That's all I get. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I will take that uh, limit out. Please, please no, share with us. Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the one of the, the things that I love about what I do, like many careers, every, everybody wants a challenge. You know, hopefully you don't just go to, you pick a career, pick a job just based on the money or based on, you know, where you work, all those factors come into play. But one of the things I love about what I do is having an opportunity to have a, be able to give a perspective and weigh in with kind of my thoughts on otherwise kind of nebulous problem or you know, white space as we kind of refer to it. So it could be a blank slate of paper or shade of paper and being able to come up and be creative and being able to think big and think differently. You know, the things that I do in day in and day out don't have clear answers all the time. And so I'd say the first thing is, is being able to think big, think broad and being able to you know create is kind of the first thing that's, that's part of my daily, daily job is the, the thinking partner aspect of this. I think the other part of, of my, my job that I really, really like and I've, you know, grown now over 13 years career consultant is the variety of work right you know especially when it comes to you know architecture you can imagine there's just so many different technology solutions that need to be architected or or have not yet been architected that is available for us uh, as technologists 
to have the opportunity to work on, right? We're working on some very innovative things. Obviously, with all the advents of new technologies that we hear about every day, I get to work with really interesting technologies, AI, machine learning. That's really interesting to me. So I'm on the kind of cutting edge, bleeding edge of new technologies, which is a lot of fun. And I enjoy that. And I think the third thing, and I'll keep it to three because you asked. I think the, the other piece of kind of all of those things, Nassar, is in my role as a consultant, kind of bringing this top level, is just working with incredibly smart people. That's really what drives me. You know, individually as a person, I, I enjoy challenges. I enjoy thinking creatively. I enjoy the aspects of working with new technologies. But at the end of the day, it's about who you work with. And I have the pleasure at PwC and of working with some incredible people who are just incredibly talented across all different facets of diversity of thoughts. Uh, and it's awesome to do that. Not every career gets to work with a PhD and a, a user experience designer and a business person all in one day. You know, I have the, the opportunity to do that. And it's been incredible. Awesome. I, I can, I can uh, sense the passion when you described what you, uh, what are some of the things you enjoy? I would love to ask you the other question because I have, and anyone I've spoken to for this series, this, the, every job has its own challenges. And um, I, would, I don't want to use the word frustration. Maybe challenges is a better word. So what would you say would be the top two or three challenges that one would, one would expect to face? Yeah, so you know, I can, let me answer this because uh, obviously we're talking about this in the context of a you know, technology architect or solution architect. You know, the answer may, mileage may vary depending on if we're talking about this from the angle of a consultant. So let me just maybe take it from both angles if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, because I think it's important for your listeners is that you know, I'm kind of marrying two pieces here given that's kind of how I position myself. Let me clarify that you, know, you, you don't have to be one or the other. You can be both uh, if that's the career path you chose. You, know, you can be a technology solution architect within an organization and not do consulting. I chose to do that to kind of just be in a consulting context. That being said, uh, I think some of the challenges from a technology kind of solution architecture perspective, you know, there's, there's not always an answer out there. I think you know, that comes back to having a desire to be creative. In many jobs, it's like we go out and we, there's just an answer. We take the answer off the shelf and we build against that. Uh, and so some of the challenges are that our business clients are very demanding as is the case with anything, but they want their solution tomorrow. They want their, they want their design yesterday. Uh, and so some of the challenges associated with it are setting expectations, setting expectations that, hey, what you're asking for is not an off-the-shelf solution, for example. And this goes back to your point around communication. Incredibly important to be able to communicate and set expectations. That's somewhat challenging sometimes because if you have very challenging and demanding clients, uh, you have to be able to communicate that. That's kind of one of the things that is the kind of the fun part of our job. So if you don't like those kind of sticky situations where you have to defend or you have to justify, this may not be a job for you because you do a lot of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think on the consulting side, you know, obviously much broader as it relates to my role. So I travel quite a bit. I think the challenge there is that that's not for everybody, right? And so if you don't like to travel, consulting probably isn't a career for you. Now, granted, yes, there are consultants who work locally and work, you know, in certain markets. I happen to travel across the country uh, in my job. And so we start talking about work-life balance or work-life integration. And I've heard some of your podcasts on this topic, and they're great. That becomes a challenge sometimes if you don't, don't know how to do that well, and it can be somewhat taxing. And so I think that's one of the challenges, the biggest one that, that I usually come across. I feel as though I've done that pretty well in my 13 years of a consultant because I'm still doing it. But uh, that's definitely one of the things, especially people who are coming into the career kind of in the world of consulting early on, something they should be aware of and mindful of. It's definitely could be challenging if you don't manage accordingly. 
practice work-life integration, as I call it. Yeah, thanks for being frank and open with that, because uh, when you go to, let's say, a college or a university orientation, it's all roses and sky. <laughs> it's, all, it's all beautiful. Very rarely people talk about the challenges. So, so thanks for speaking openly, because it gives people some perspective. Uh, now I want to switch gears about some of the ideas or techniques. For example, let's say someone listening to this said, this sounds really exciting. Uh, this is where I could see myself in five to 10 years. How, where, where do you suggest they begin their journey if they wanted to arrive at a destination such as, such as yours? You know, again, I'll kind of take the two-pronged answer because we're kind of talking about this from the kind of lowest common denominator of just coming in and kind of working in the world of technology, kind of starting as a, an analyst and kind of working your way up through, you know, an enterprise architect, right? You know, I think that, uh, you know, for those coming out of school, which I know many of your listeners, you know, about coming down that path and asking themselves what they want to do with their career, uh, I think uh, a good place to start is just, you know, like many careers, explore what's out there because there's many facets of technology path, right? You can go on the, much more on the, think about it more on the technology build perspective. So I want to be a developer. I want to be an engineer. I want to build things. Uh, the other angle, as you can appreciate, the other end of the spectrum is kind of, I wanted to design, I want to create, I want to kind of design strategy. Those are two opposite ends of the spectrum of which there's a, a path for both of those kinds of people, right? So that's kind of one way to think about it. So that's kind of, I didn't think about it that way. I'm kind of reflecting back. Had I, had I known that then, I probably would have uh, thought a little bit differently then. But either way, it worked out great. So that's a good way to kind of frame the world of getting into this world of technology. Do you want to do more? delivery, if you want to do more strategy and strategy and design. You know, and I think the second thing there is with most careers, but especially in this one, the SAR, especially people coming out of school, obviously internships and practical hands-on experience are just invaluable. So much of what we, what we do, and I'm a, I'm a very much a strong proponent of recruiting at the undergraduate and graduate level, is giving experiences. And it's just as much about us as a firm identifying top talent. But I think, you know, those coming out looking to get a job in consulting, a job as a, you know, a solutions architect, those internship opportunities are opportunities for you to learn about the company and learn about what we do so you can see hands-on. So I could sit here and talk to you about what I do every day, but, you know, somebody else may do something very, very different, the nature of his or her role. So use those hands-on experiences and those internships as an opportunity to really kind of feel it out because it may not be for you. And so I would say for those junior kind of getting into this world, Take full advantage of internship opportunities because when you're done and you're out, you don't have the opportunity as such to kind of bounce around kind of so uh, so frequently, <laughs> as it mm -hmm. were, as you might as an internship. So those are kind of two, two ideas to think about, two things to think about as you kind of frame your thoughts on this kind of career path. Interesting. So you did mention internships, which is which comes on the experience side. What about education, uh, degrees and certifications? Because I know the IT world or the technology world has so many certification opportunities. So for what do you do today? Is that something that you recommend? Is that essential? Yeah, so that's a great point. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I suggested that there's two or one or two certifications that are kind of the, the, the absolute must-haves. You know, so let me take the first part is, you know, I, if I think about education for someone in my role, I definitely see a lot of the degrees such as MIS, information systems, computer science, I see a lot of engineers, kind of the more of the STEM kind of degrees, as you can imagine, right? Now, it's not to suggest that my role, what I do today, is not filled with really, really smart people who did not take a technology path. I think it's one of the, beauty, kind of the beauties of this role is that you don't have to be super technical. 
because you can be more on the strategy side versus the execution side, right? So that's kind of one thing from an education perspective. Predominantly people who come with STEM degrees, but it's not to say that you can have a business degree, for example, and be a technology solution architect, okay? And then getting to your second point, you know, as it relates to certifications, you know, I, I'm one, I'm personally not one to carry a lot of, a lot of acronyms after my name, or just personally, I don't, I see a lot of value in them, specifically when it comes to, as you get more deeper and deeper into the kind of technology that you're working on, for example, you know, if you are a network architect, you're designing, you know, systems for computer networking or for systems networking, you know, that's a very specific skill set. And I think about the, the notion of T skills, right? So you have a breadth of skills and you go deep in certain areas. Networking, for example, is one where there's a ton of certifications that you should get. You know, there's others out there, you know, that I'm not, I'm not so close to, like, you know, Cisco, for example, or Microsoft. There's a bunch of them out there that's by way of example that I know are very niche and specific. In the security space, for example, security architecture, there's a ton of very specific certifications that I think are very valuable, uh, just given the specificity of the architecture that you're doing. Uh, but for my role, kind of as an enterprise architect, there are some certifications there as well, you know, enterprise architecture certifications. I think the one that I will put a plug in for, for all of your listeners, anybody who's going to technology, I think should think about agile, regardless if you're going to be coding or you're going to be leading teams at the management level or the day-to-day -day kind of running a team, I, I highly recommend getting some, some training and an agile methodology. And there's a few different ones out there. There's safe, there's scrum, of course, but regardless of what you do, I, I'd, I'd recommend from a certification perspective for this career, go get yourself, take a, take an online course or go, go to a person face-to-face -face course in agile that can, that can definitely pay dividends for you regardless of where you end up in this career for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, the last, I think one of the last few questions I have, Larry, is what does the ideal career path look like? So they have, you know, listened to this or they have started their journey with the certifications and degree. Where can this career take them eventually? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. So I think, you know, if, as with any career, it's kind of starting at the bottom and, and working your way to the top. And I think there's the beauty of this career in the world of technologies in general, there's so many ways you can take it, right? So if you think of your listeners who are coming out of school, you can imagine and appreciate, you kind of start as the generalist analyst, right? So technology analyst, and you're, you're building the, putting the tools in the toolbox, if you will, kind of thinking broad about the skills. You know, just a couple career paths, right? So you might take, again, more of the technical bend, more of the engineering bend, where that career path takes you down from an analyst to maybe an engineer to, you know, down the path of being a you know, solutions engineer where you're actually writing the code that makes the solution work. The other career path, maybe you go from analyst to more of the business route and you become more of, you know, an enterprise architect uh, or more of a what, solutions architect where it's kind of bridging technical and business. That's another kind of the career path. But at the end of the day, you know, if you so choose to do so, you know, many people in my field, especially in the work that I do, go on to become CIOs, chief information officers, if that's kind of where you want to take it, right? And so if you think about the men and women who are leading large organizations, or small for that matter, these are folks who grew up in the technology space, probably spent a good chunk of their time as an engineer at some point in their career, and then got more into leadership and got more into the business side of things, and are leading IT organizations. And that's kind of, that's where I'm, that's my own career path, right? Now I serve as a consultant today, but you know, the I take down the path of kind of becoming a chief information officer or chief innovation officer or chief technology officer. That's essentially the uh, end game for many people 
But again, if you so choose not to go down that path, there's many, many things that you can do to you know, bring together your own leadership and technology at much lower levels of the organization as well. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for clarifying it because that is, there is no, you might start at one place, but the path can take you to multiple places. Thanks for expanding yeah. on that. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. So after listening to this, Larry, if people want to reach out to you and they wanted to get more information, learn more, uh, is it, uh, how, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love to continue the dialogue with your listeners if they've got questions, you know, whether that's consulting or otherwise. They can find me on Twitter. So I'm pretty active on the interwebs. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is LGIN412. So LGIN412 is my Twitter handle. And then from there, you can obviously find me on LinkedIn as well. Perhaps we'll put this as well in the start. Uh, but I'd be happy to connect on LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, hopefully lead to a, a face-to-face or a virtual conversation. I'd be happy to do that. And, and I'll make sure to share that uh, in the show notes when this episode is released. Before we wrap up, Larry, any, any last words or any final piece of advice that you'd like to give to the listeners? Yeah, you know, let me, let me share a piece of advice that I've, you know, kind of cultivated and kind of as most people have, they have many lessons learned. And I think it's, it's relative to this career for sure, but I would say any career, because I suspect many people that may be listening to this podcast are obviously exploring their own way, finding their own way. You know, I, I think that there is this idea that uh, it's about who you know, <laughs> that getting a job and you know, finding your career is about who you know. And I, I, would, I would take that one step further. I, I somewhat agree with that. Uh, I actually think it's not about who you know. It's about who you know, who knows, who you need to know. <laughs> so let me say that one more time. It's not about who you know. It's about who you know, who knows who you need to know. Uh, and at the core of that, Nassar, it's about connecting with people that you know may not be, look like you, may not be in your career field, but they probably know someone. There's a good chance they probably know something that someone that you should talk to. And at its core, Nassar, it's about A, B, C, D. Always be connecting the dots, and that will pay dividends uh, throughout anybody's career, especially those looking to try new things and, you know, get into a new field. And that applies across every discipline, not just technology. So ABCD, always be connecting the dots. And that's what it's all about. I think what you, the two things you mentioned is worth repeating. Uh, who you know, it's not about who you know, but also who, who knows <laughs> who you need to know. There you go. Yeah. So it's a bit wow. of a tongue twister. Yeah, so exactly. It's basically, so what you're trying to say is, okay, it's not the person you might know someone but that person you might eventually need to know someone but find out who in your network or who you can connect with that helps you get there and always be connecting the dots abcd i love it that's amazing Um, uh, that's i think the first time i learned the phrase and uh, i think i'll have to listen to this a few more times myself Uh, so i'm excited to for this to be before i share this with the audience Oh, that, that's awesome. And I you know, thank you for the opportunity to share and uh, you're doing amazing things. And so I, I can't thank you enough for all the great work that you do and all the dots that you're connecting. And uh, you know, obviously I'll put the you know, quick plug in for our mutual friend, Aaron Watson, who obviously connected us. So mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron knew somebody who I needed to know, which happened to be you. So there's that concept living, uh, living itself out uh, on, this, on your very podcast. So <laughs> That's amazing. That's a real life example right there. Uh, Larry, thank you very much. You, I love the passion uh, you share uh, for your profession. You share a lot of actionable insights and, of course, some great career advice. So it was a pleasure having you as a guest. Yeah, thanks, Nassar. And uh, thanks so much to all the listeners out there. I appreciate the time. Have a good one.
Thanks everyone for listening to this particular episode of the Career Matters podcast. I have written a brief summary uh, in the show notes that which you can find in the at the bottom of the episode. And if you enjoyed this particular episode, learn something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Matters podcast. Thank you.